Hi, this is Paul. I'm going to be looking at a video that Chad made this morning. Now, Chad, of course, has the channel Friday Morning Nameless. Those of you who remember um, some of the hullabaloo over the German festival, uh, not this year, but the year before, the change of the name. And uh, many, many of you know Chad. He's a, he's a fixture here in the corner. And his channel has all of 467 subscribers. And I'm always, I'm always a little... Have a little trepidation taking something from such a small channel and bringing it to my whole channel and then i think well maybe i should put it in the uh, in the rando section in the membership section because then it gets it gets less exposure because there there is there is something to the scale here and of course the video i made today i used some of the just chatting from grail country where Jacob sort of crossed the streams and came over into Grail Country. There's 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 tensions. One of the interesting, I always often tell people, the corner has corners, and um, there's sometimes tension between some of the different groups in the corner. And I don't see that actually as a problem. I see that as a feature, not a bug, because uh, part of the reason that when I was just seeing that Luke was doing a live stream, which I often jump on, I saw Jacob on. I thought, oh, that's interesting. There's going to be tension here. And of course, and and Chad kind of touches on that, and so let's um, and, and Chad also touches on the John Verveke, um, the John Verveke saying neither nostalgia nor utopia, and, and Chad wants to kind of push back on that. And I thought Chad had some really good things to say in this video, so I wanted to engage with it. One of the strange things about this little corner is that in some ways we've been using social media as a very strange telephone. We're, we're having conversations with each other, sort of, uh, but we're also having conversations with other larger things as we're having conversations with each other. So Chad, Chad will often just sort of pick this up in the middle of the day and um, share a few thoughts and put it on his channel, and then, you know, 50 or 100 people will see it. A few people will leave comments, and, and that's when I think about that, it's sort of a, again, it's sort of, it's, it's a community functioning. And, and to me, one of the most important and special things about this whole internet thing that I've been on for the last six years is this community. Greetings and welcome to the Friday. Uh, I got to get the sounds right. Let's try that again. Greetings and welcome to the Friday morning nameless. I'm Chad the alcoholic. Uh, don't have a lot of time. Uh, I'm about to put this tile in the shower. This phone gets really good, uh, <laughs> really good sound. On my job site, so. But I was on a quick break, waiting for my mud to slag. Um, if you want to know what that is, Google it or something. <clears throat> we actually have these tools called Google. One of the things I love about this corner is are the number of tradesmen who participate in this it isn't just academics it isn't just um, people who are it's it's one of the beautiful things that that happened is that uh, i've got a i've got a today i'm going to release another randos conversation that one will probably come to the full channel too again i've been putting a lot out a lot of content right now i know during the holidays my my time I have to do this kind of thing will probably slow down, and then I'm going to bring some of those randos conversations to the full channel. So, those of you who don't want to pay the three dollars for the randos section, many of them will come out. Not all of them, because again, some of them are probably more appropriate just with a group. One one of the, one of the dynamics of a group is is that there are borders to it. I've been listening to the Jonathan Peugeot Daily Wire thing, and again, there's almost nothing in there that you won't, wouldn't have hear him say in other places. But, but boundaries and borders are important in terms of identity and cohesion and really having a group. So, And, and so I, part of the reason why I like that little rando section for $3 a month is it creates something. It creates something. And, you know. Google and <laughs> we don't even, it's just so automatic. We just, it's so funny. 
And I'm so grateful that we have the that is Google or some mud on my job site. So, but I was on a quick break waiting for my mud to slag. Um, if you want to know what that is, Google or something. <clears throat> we actually have these tools called Google and <coughs> we don't even, they're just so automatic. We just, it's so funny. And I'm so grateful that we have the tools. Um, what's on my mind is, um, this morning, uh, Paul Vanderclay used a clip from uh, the Grail Country Just Chatting stream hosted by Luke Thompson from yesterday morning. And it was, it was a really great conversation. It's always a great conversation over there. Um, I noticed that these, um, these robust conversations that are um, that are most meaningful, I noticed that they kind of move, they move from, uh, spot to spot, maybe medium to medium, or let's say channel to channel. In other words, some of the best conversations I had early on were in the discord on the, the voice chat rooms. And then, and then it would eventually move from there to some of the Voxer conversations that we had, which weren't video, but they were audio. And then from there, um, kind of the whole while, there were these randos conversations that were happening on Randos United where people would, a few people would get together and have a conversation on a particular topic and they were really great. You can find some of those conversations on the Randos United channel that has, I don't know, maybe six or 700 subscribers. And it has videos. There are no live streams on it. Then there's obviously um, this other Randos live channel that has um, only live streams. And I'll get to that in a second. So it went from the Discord to to um like voxer to um then then paul started paul vanderclay started doing these thieve in the night videos where he would well, there's actually a few more steps in there because one of the things i was playing on when i was on bridges of meaning quite a bit I'm, I'm not on there hardly at all anymore but if you're looking for a discord community i very much recommend them and i try to keep the link the invitation link current down below here and if it does get out of because it lapses now and then, and then when I get a request, oh, the, the the link isn't working, then I'll put a new link in. But then I then we did the um, sort of shop thing where I I would have a camera up in here, and um, and we would watch each other work kind of, and it was sort of a virtually not alone thing, similar to what what Chad had done. There's a lot of really interesting experiments that happened in those first that first couple of years over at Bridges of Meaning. Part of my frustration with Discord is I don't like the the format and for a while I was talking to Rick and Joey and some of the guys who set up the actually the the bridges of meaning that took off was actually the second iteration of that of that discord server the first one never really took off the second one took off and then there were a lot of questions about the relationship between text versus voice and video chat and so we, we talked about doing a a server that had more locality to it that would help people find each other because the the idea behind the launching of the Bridges of Meaning server was about we want people to not only be able to get together online but we want people to be able to get together in person and that's because obviously in person there's more bandwidth there's there's more reality there's more of those that 3p reality so you know, what Chad's getting at is this, there's been evolution of this community over the last number of years. And that evolution has been happening in sort of in conjunction with technology. You know, we talk about AI, we talk about algo. Grim wanted me to do a, a video on, you know, basically doing a little bit of connection between, let's say, principalities and powers and algo. 
of course, we had the, the, the conversation um, about egregores and algorithms. So th there's, there's very much something happening that is, that is spiritual and it's technological. And you know what Chad is reflecting on is sort of the evolution of the corner with respect to all of the different tools that we've been using. Um, do kind of like the format of the the Friday morning Q and A on uh, Bridges of Meaning Q and A, but instead of it just being him, he would open up the the room, the Discord room, and other people would drop in, and we would have these conversations. So when we first started doing the Friday morning Q and A on Bridges of Meaning Discord. I would be on the Discord itself. At that point, Rick didn't have a day job, and so Rick would be with me here at church, and he would sort of manage all of the, the technical stuff because it was a little complex on Discord to have it actually go well. And um, But part of the reason I wanted to do that instead of just sort of the standard Q&A format was that it's much more fun to have someone ask a question and then talk to them. And I can do some of that on StreamYard, but part of the reason I'm doing that on StreamYard now is because Rick has his day job and um, it, it's technically a little bit easier. Very estuary-like conversations. <clears throat> it wasn't long after that. I think Paul went, on uh, went to Europe and we didn't hear from him for a while because he was busy. And Jacob Federici started doing these uh, StreamYard streams called Just Chatting, and I remember when they first came up, nobody was a, was really attending to them. It was just Jacob in there, kind of sitting by himself, and and then one day, I don't remember what day or which stream it was, people started to join, and the conversation started to become really rich, and it was really, really. Uh, robust and lush and just great um very meaningful and then it was maybe two or three weeks and then a conversation started to sprout up about leadership and then it started to become kind of uh and this is of course my opinion but they started getting a little na like yicky although no no chad um it, one of the interesting things about this in temperament of course is Part of what was interesting yesterday about having Jacob over in Grail Country is that I was knew there was going to be conflict because Jacob Jacob brings conflict, and I don't think conflict is is in itself a bad thing. Conflict is sometimes a necessary thing, but people temperamentally have different. I think it's the in the Big Five, it's the agreeableness. Some people really don't like conflict. Jordan Peterson talks about this often, how he, he really doesn't like conflict, even though he, he's a lightning rod for it, and sometimes setting it up himself. But um, some people really don't want conflict. They want they want a sense of, yeah, they, they don't want conflict. Other, other people want conflict. And again, it's interesting the way that these tools and the algorithms sort of, sort of, look for that conflict tends to produce engagement conflict tends to produce attention and all of this is is really a lot about attention there were still good conversations they were peppered with some of this icky contention which is not something i really enjoy listening to or engaging in um but so then from there what ended up happening was uh <coughs> other people started adopting this StreamYard tool and having their own just chatting and then uh grim grizz started to do this he was doing his virtually not alone show and he would invite people in uh to do these conversations and then paul started doing it more with the Streamyard thing and then grail country started to do their own Streamyard thing and i should i should say that part of the reason i was doing those thief in the night videos was i Once the channel gets to a certain size, it's tougher and tougher to sort of get the kind of engagement I really like, which, again, part of the reason I keep doing the Randos conversations is I, I, want, I want novelty. And I, I don't want, and there's a sense in which all of this AI stuff is really bad at novelty. 
because it's crowdsourced and it's it's feeding off sort of the attentional machinery and and that's why you know I really like small channels and I really like meeting new people and kind of the best of both worlds is which this channel provides me is meeting new people who are already up to speed on the stuff we're talking about and that's where you know Jordan Peterson at the Ark was talking about subsidiarity now that has a very specific understanding in Catholicism and I don't think Jordan is necessarily leveraging everything that's in Catholic subsidiarity but he's I think pointing to the fact that what you really want are um, clusters of communities in some ways nested in hierarchies and, and that's sort of what we've been building slowly in the corner and and to me that's that's a really cool thing and part of what happens you now this week I've been releasing a lot of these videos these clips from Rando's conversations well why am I doing that well Again, I'm continuing to play with these tools to try to get a sense of what I can accomplish with them. Well, what do I want to accomplish? I, I want to continue to sort of feed the process that has been happening fairly organically over the last five years. A number of the people early in sort of got in on the ground floor, and you can see them. I mean, Sam has his channel. Karen has her channel. Uh, some people had started, and, and we found them and picked them up along the way, like Sevilla. Um, you know, Chad has his channel. Grim Grizz has his channel. Jacob has his channel. Others have channels, too. Paul Ann Leitner. And some of the channels are, you know, decent size, getting up above the 1,000 mark, so they can be monetized, and a few thousand. I mean, Paul Ann Leitner's channel. He had an existing podcast before, too, so... That's a little different, and he's he's done a lot of good work on his channel. So his channel's up over five thousand. That's a that's a decent size. But one of the things that people often don't understand is that these subscription numbers in YouTube don't exactly mean what they sort of mean. If you see a big number, it means something. But figuring out exactly what it means, especially in terms of what it can build, and what it can build long term, is is actually super difficult. And, and someone might have a small channel, but their significance in a community is, is very important. And someone might have a large channel, but have relatively little impact. And this is especially true over time because one of the things that if you, if you read history closely, you discover that there were people who were popular in certain periods that, whose name you will never recognize because they've been completely forgotten. And the names that you do recognize from that period might have been relative unknowns in that period. What words to use? These, these spirits are, are, are very interesting um, agents in this arena. So I got a, I got a, a Twitter DM from one of the producers of the Sacred Podcast. I've had, I had some of the the John Verveke, um interview. That was a terrific interview. These guys over at the Theos Think Tank are are really doing a good job. Elizabeth Oldfield. I had I used a clip of her from Justin Brierley. Justin Brierley has his own channel, and he had Glenn Scrivener and and Elizabeth Oldfield to talk about the Ian Hersey Ali um, news that had happened and and then somebody from the theos think tank contacted me and said oh by the way we had jonathan peugeot on i knew they they knew that and i said but is it on youtube no 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 it's only on the podcast and so um you know the, the, because my channel is a certain size and because i have a certain place in this conversation there are certain people who sort of want to uh colonize me a bit and i don't know if that was their motivation or anything like that but um it was the the conversation that she had with Jonathan Peugeot was really very good. Um, again, it's November 2022 that they did it, so it's it's a year ago, over a year ago now. But she's she's really sharp, and she's coming at this 
boy, this stuff is so interesting. She's coming at this from a, a different position. And well, let's let's just play this because this gets into what Chad is sort of not uh, knocking on the door about here. I sense that the wind the winds are changing, that there is suddenly. I've always been this sort of strange token out Christian in ideasy spaces, and um, I wrote about it recently for Unheard. The number, and they are almost entirely men of people sidling up to me and going, suddenly this Christianity thing looks more interesting than I thought it was. From the left and the right, and the left is very yeah. driven by ecological crisis and fear, and a sense that actually they thought if they threw themselves at the project with enough love and hard work, they could fix it and the like. That touches on what I, what I noticed about the McGill-Christopher-Vakey-Smachtenberg thing that, and I'll be touching on that in my rough draft for Sunday this week too, because they're, the left has a ton of this emissary energy in it. And I think the left has so much of that emissary energy in it because they have um, taken the preeminent position in the culture. And I think part of that emissary energy is well, once you once you have once you are on top of the hierarchy, once you have the power, you tend to believe you can do anything. It's sort of the rich man's curse that once someone becomes wealthy or successful, they think they know everything because they've, they're successful. They've kept winning and they've had the experience of winning. So they're just going to keep winning. And, and again, for me, that's part of the reason that I like talking to people who don't win <laughs> because they're much more humble and truth be told if you pay attention and listen to them you can learn something and to talk sort of about this this spirit of urban monoculture similarity so many so many successful people all say the same thing because their hierarchies are all bound up disappointment and horror and most entirely men of people sidling up to me and going suddenly this Christianity thing looks more interesting than I thought it was from the left and the right and the left is very yeah. driven by ecological crisis and fear and a sense that actually they thought if they threw themselves at the project with enough love and hard work they could fix it and the like disappointment and horror and exhaustion it's just yeah. bringing them to a place of like is there something i can surrender to you know is there something bigger than me and our failures and then on the right it's coming from a different thing and i think much more driven by this sense of a meaning crisis and institutional crisis and um isolation and, and breakdown um and some of it it does overlap with the cluster of thinkers that you have found yourself part of. And I was thinking as I was prepping this interview, I don't even know how to describe it. So I'm gonna, you know, you're doing a seminar on scripture uh, with Jordan Peterson right now, somewhere in America. You know, there is a there is a there is a cluster of commentators that have been in conversation together very visibly over the last, say, five years. And some, yeah. you know, they get it, there was this phrase, the intellectual dark web thrown around a few years ago and that how, how do you describe? Now, I think this actually is pretty important for many of us. A, a video like this, when I make videos, I, I, I have an understanding or I have a hunch, generally speaking, of how many people are going to listen to it and who the people are that are going to click on it. And sometimes I make thumbnails that are, that are designed to sort of broaden the community like the thumbnail I made on the on Ash's talk where he tells basically how he became a Christian by being interested in this Scandinavian, Norwegian, Egyptian blonde. Um, and I thought, oh, I'm going to have fun with this thumbnail. Other thumbnails, like the ones for the video today, which is basically the collage of faces, it's, that thumbnail isn't really going to attract a lot, but the, 
the subject in it is going to be more um, more in-house. And, and it's just interesting listening to her stumbling upon, now of course, Jordan Peterson is the biggest name in the corner. And then after that, Peugeot and then Verveke. Um, so there's going to be a lot of, depending on just how big the exposure is to the outside world and how intelligible you are, and, and to a certain degree, how much conflict is around you, you'll get, um, you'll get a certain degree of attention. I know that making that thumbnail about Nash's conversion story with the with the blonde, um, a bunch of people will click on that because they'll see the blonde and then they'll see these two dudes just talking, telling a story, and they'll click off pretty quick. And then Algo will see the number of people clicking off pretty quick, and then it'll sort of downgrade the video. And so those videos tend to get, they go up real fast and they tend to go down fairly fast. But I make them because a certain percentage of people will have read the title and and those videos are kind of like me fishing for men um, and that's often men uh, but some women too in terms of finding finding others who might want to play in our corner and might fit into this Grim Grizz always calls it kind of a flotilla of channels find their space, find their corner in the corner, find their niche, and, um, and, and find a place to grow and have community and engage with ideas and ask questions and do all of this stuff. The conversations that you find yourself part of and what has emerged in the last few years around that, I don't want to label it for no, you. No, I, th I think you're absolutely right. I think there has been a radical shift that has happened. And it's, it's something it really is like, a, a it really is like a Kairos moment. And there's no other way to say it. You know, I don't think anybody's completely responsible for it. I think it's also a, a pattern of a societal pattern. And that's in a sense, what Chad is getting at. This thing has been moving. And it moves through different tools and it moves through different people. And there's churn. So some people get in for a little while and then they get out and some people stick with it. And they, you know, sometimes they get frustrated and they leave for a while and they wander back. I saw that Carl left a comment again. And some of you know who Carl is. And where you reach, you reach breaking points. You know, the new atheists were the last wave of, of secularism, but that wave was so stupid. Like the, the new atheist, the, the new atheist argument is so pathetic that it's almost as if you make Christianity and religion so stupid and idiotic and ridiculous that then any glimmer of pattern that appears will look like a miracle to people. And it's like, there's a lot, there's actually a lot more than that folks. So, so, so just, so, so Jordan Peterson is, I think is, I, I, now I'm going to jump onto the Justin Briley video. When Jonathan talked about the new atheists, I could not forget. This is this is probably my favorite moment of this video. More sort of critique. Um, there were lots to choose from, but this is Stephen Woodford. Uh, uh, the woman in this is Elizabeth Oldfield, so you can't see her obviously in the audio-only podcast. And um, he goes online very often as Rationality Rules. He, again, has featured in a previous episode of this podcast. Um, this was essentially Stephen saying, well, why did you have to claim to suddenly be a Christian, Ayan? Weren't there other options on offer? Here we go. Look, if Glenn can't almost stop laughing right away because he knows how this is going to be. If Ali really wants solidarity and shared values. Are there not better ways of achieving this? Wouldn't it be more inclusive and sensible to promote, say, civic national values, freedom, equality, and democratic government, to name just a few? Or perhaps, why not just be a humanist? Or, you know, champion enlightenment values. Enlightenment values, like religions, transcend nations. They unite people across the globe who don't even share a language. They are much like religion in this sense. So I can see you chuckling away at that, Glenn. <laughs> I'll, I'll go to you first. Um, because I, I did feel like um, Stephen's critique here, it was rather like um, a tweet sent out immediately in the aftermath of Ayan's article by Stephen Pinker, who, who said, the brave and brilliant Ayan Hirsi Ali is one of my heroes, but I disagree with her here. 
The alternative to theistic morality is not atheism, but humanism, the use of reason to enhance human flourishing. And, you know, Stephen says some pretty similar things in that critique. Glenn, go ahead. As though she's never tried that. As though, as though that's, that's not like the middle section of her story. Like, like act one, Islamism. Act two, secular humanism. Act three, Christianity. Like, like she spent a long time kind of looking for this, this kind of stuff. And a lot of her article and a lot of her interviews are completely about how um, to identify the enlightenment as the root is to misidentify the root. That is not the root. That is one distorted fruit of one part of one tree. Um, the root needs to go a lot, a lot deeper and, and back to Christianity. And the, the idea that um, pure rationality is the, the root of this international rights-based order is just a nonsense. But I think one thing that this moment shows, I, I have no idea... Uh, about Ion's Christianity, and I have no idea whether there is a turn towards Christianity in the West at the moment. But I think this moment does show the failure of the new atheism, um, the failure of a worldview that says rationality rules, because rationality clearly does not rule, either from a spiritual religious you know, standpoint or even just from an evolutionary standpoint. Like, like very obviously religion is so I probably won't have a time enough time to get all of these videos in but and a pragmatist so I think Christianity works better Christianity has better outcomes than the alternatives all, all of them no most of them I think that there's a small number of people that can handle atheism and I know all of you <laughs> and I'm friends with all of them. <laughs> okay, here we are. Where are this was a this was a fascinating this was a fascinating uh, video. Humanism. So easy. Move. Wow. The qu the question is: Christianity is a better bulwark against woke um, than humanism. And Michael Schellenberger has strongly agree, and um, Michael Sherman says disagree. Wow, really? Okay, grab the board. Okay. Grab the board. Wow, right out of the gate. Okay, write down your best reason for believing. And, and Shermer has no idea what, what Schellenberger is thinking. And Schellenberger, um, basically, Shermer has to say, oh, he said my objection better than I did. And, and that's sort of where this is going, that the, the new atheism and this cult of rationality has been tried and found wanting. It, it's kind of flipped about what Christianity is not doing as opposed to what secularism is doing, which I think is, I like his, what he said better than oh, what I wrote. You, you like his answer better than what you have. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you uh, uh, another opportunity to guess what he has on the board. Like well, why, maybe, why would okay, someone I believe come, that? I will come up with a, a sort of a, a political Christianity. Okay. That is to say it's organized enough to push back against the woke movement, act, to actually boots on the ground, do something about it. Is that, is his, what he said, correct? No. Okay, can you please share your answer with him? Sure. What is it? Should I read it? Yeah. Because the decline of Christianity resulted in the nihilism that led to wokeism. What that's do you, pretty good, actually. Yes, that's that's a that's a testable hypothesis. Is okay. Okay. So before we make that to claim, can I'm going to grab this from you? Sure. Can you please show him your answer? Yeah, mine is Christian. I didn't write it very well. Christianity is not universal ethics to include all people, and it's too, what I really meant to say. It's it's too divisive. It's too judgmental. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go over that one in a second. I'm going to grab this. And what's so funny to me is that so many of these guys are responding that they're, it's like 2005 is calling and they're asking for their answers back. You just, you've worn them out and they no longer work. The decline of Christianity resulted in the nihilism that led to wokeism. Five, four, three, two, one, move. Yep. Okay, so if you slightly disagree with that, 
Is that consistent with the position of you being I may on... even go one more. Because, okay, okay. Because I happen to be a moral... Re- a mor- anyway, I don't have a lot of time. The whole video, especially the first half of the video, was interesting, um, where they were specifically talking about, about, about Christianity. And the teaser has it. As Jonathan Peugeot is about to say in this video, it's... Science is abandoning this sort of thin rationalism because and actually at the end of the first episode of Peugeot's he he, he basically lays out the case that rationalism is always situated within basically a worldview rationality is is functions within the larger sphere which is a worldview which is basically what a lot of presuppositionalism has been saying for a very long time the human universal and and must be adaptive and must have great utility to the human fascism. Um, the failure of a worldview that says rationality rules, because rationality clearly does not rule, either from a spiritual religious you know standpoint or even just from an evolutionary standpoint. Like like very obviously religion is a human universal and and must be adaptive and must have great utility to the human species. And very clearly, our minds have not evolved purely to have rationality ruling as grand emperor over the human person. Um, evolutionary psychology would teach you that rationality does not rule. Our minds are not rational. Our minds are, are righteous as moral philosopher and moral psychologist. Um, Jonathan Haidt would 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 sort of say, and so this this idea that all we need is this transnational enlightenment value thing, it's it's not transnational. And surely the nine eleven wars, you know, the, the wars in the wake of nine eleven, kind of proved that um, what is natural and obvious and universal and and what we consider to be inevitable human values are very particular contingent Western values that have a a, a history to them and an incredibly Christianized history to them. And Ion understands this, and I don't think Alex and Stephen do understand this. And and therefore, I, I, I think she is following the evidence where it leads. And I, I think she is baffling people like, like Stephen and Alex, mm. um, which to me shows the, the limitations of the new atheism. Elizabeth, your thoughts on that way of seeing things, you know, Pinker saying, come on, you, you've got humanism for all the things that you think. I mean, what 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 is someone like Pinker or Stephen Woodford missing? Because obviously, it, as Glenn said, for Ayan, she tried that and it didn't work. Presumably, why do they think she's you know she's just sort of gone off on a crazy tangent here? Mm. I was um, on a program recently with Daniel Dennett, and this was one of the things I was uh, trying to kind of tease out in my conversation with him. Honestly, I think what they're missing is at least half of what it means to be a human being, more than half. I think that you can have aspirational values, which almost all of us would uh, align with, but without embodiment, without community, without ritual, without what the Jesuits would call formation, it is almost impossible to live by them. And leaving God out of the equation briefly, I don't want to (laughs) entirely, but even if you are someone like the critics that we've heard, you can want us to embody enlightenment values and surely be able to see how almost impossible that is on our own using air quotes, pure reason, how much to grow in our ability to make good decisions, to grow in wisdom, to really treat other people as if they are equal. I mean, who does that? <laughs> to, 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 to really make the decisions that are for the good of other people as well as us, even just our spouses, <laughs> even just our friends, that the, the, the without a rigorous moral and spiritual path, those things are just hot air, honestly. And that is what I think that Ian is, uh, is, is, is seeing that she's not, she, I think she's not sure whether what mm. she thinks about Jesus, what she thinks about God, but she knows she needs more than just mm. like a value statement on a corporate wall. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> more than a value statement on a corporate wall. Okay, we're sort of nesting our way through this thing. Is, I think is for sure largely part of that. Jordan Peterson appears on the scene and then starts to, to talk about religion through perception in the very similar way. That's why I'm friends with them is because we were already talking in many very similar ways um, through this notion of attention, right? The inevitability of attention, the inevitability of, of patterns uh, and, and 
all of a sudden he really made the new atheists on the put them on the defensive in ways that we had never seen and so it changed the landscape and so now people are far less aggressive about their anti-religious uh, speaking and and it's very difficult for them to be as as aggressive as we kind of see things also fall apart around us it's like okay well all right we did what you said we created this secular world and now and and that point that they're less aggressive is really noticeable because when you listen to Alex O'Connor or rationality rules that they're saying the kinds of things and Peter Bogosian is the poster child for this they're saying the kind of things that 15 years ago, you never would have heard from them. And and whether, of course, sort of a rationality rules is sort of on the atheism plus side of things, on the woke atheism side, and of course, Peter Bogosian's on the anti-woke atheism side. Um, and you hear Michael Schellenberger, who says, basically, I'm an existentialist, I'm a pragmatic existentialist, I'm not a Christian, but when I look at this debate, the Christians won. It's basically what he says. Now, for him, it's not gripping, but for her, well, we can go back to that. So Justin plays something that I've played often on the channel, so I'll just skip through it. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Elizabeth, be interested in your thoughts on what Ayan had to say about that personal journey. Yeah, I just have a little cry here. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the power of testimony, right? Mm. Like that. I, it was so interesting to me how she framed that. And it, 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 it speaks so much to that formation as a new atheist. You know, it's personal, so therefore I don't know if it will be useful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it, all of this, I think, connects so interestingly with the Ian McGilchrist stuff about brain hemispheres. You know, the instinct to make things abstract and universal is really useful in some cases and 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 trips us up so much because the most personal the most particular is the most universal and the phrase that's often used about the incarnation is the scandal of particularity and you know you can dress it up however you like and i think this talking about the article and the civilizational stuff is all interesting but that is them that felt like the most honest thing right i was in despair and now i'm not Mm. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. Hmm. Glenn? And and Jesus Christ is the God I can believe in. And very often if I'm talking to an, an atheist, and especially of the, the new atheist breed, I will kind of say, which God don't you believe in? And, you know, I've got that line from Tom Wright, who, you know, would use it as chaplain of, of Worcester College at Oxford. He would say to a whole bunch of 19 and 20 year olds, which God don't you believe in? And they'd stare at their shoes and not really know how to answer. And they'd end up describing some distant monster. And he would say, well, I'm, I'm an atheist as regards that God too. Can I tell you about Jesus? Can I tell you about the God who is revealed by Jesus and the power of Jesus to convert people, the power of Jesus, when he is lifted up, he will draw all people to himself. He says in John chapter 12. And, and I think that's so hope giving to, to just regular Christians that just, as we present Jesus, it doesn't have to be clever, but there is an attractiveness to Christ at the existential level. And I think that frames what Ayan meant at Ark when she said, you know, we don't have to get into the older debates about did God build the world in six days sort of thing. And people thought to themselves, is she therefore abandoning the idea of truth? And I don't think she's abandoning the idea of truth. I think she's just recognizing that it's related to those two other transcendentals of beauty and goodness. And she speaks much about, you know, the goodness and the fruit of Christian civilization, at least. But there's also that, that beauty element as well. Could you, could you imagine a greater God that, than Jesus, who would come and stoop and serve and suffer and bleed and die for the world? Could you imagine that? and change the moral imagination of the world. What's so funny is that that now is beautiful, whereas, again, contextually, that was in, in some ways um, not beautiful. I mean, that's how Jesus colonizes the moral imagination. Their world, and now what? 
right? Now what, what? Now what? It's it's not working, guys. It's it's not it's not it's not better. So he has put them on the defensive in ways that we had never seen, and so it changed the landscape. And so now people are far less aggressive about their anti-religious uh, speaking, and and it's very difficult for them to be as as aggressive as we kind of see things also fall apart around us. It's like okay, well, all right, we did what you said. We created this secular world, and now what? Right now, what, what now? What it's it's not working, guys. It's it's not it's not it's not better. So so I think all of that is is coming together. But I I'm really to me it's such an exciting time. It's such an exciting time because, you know, I'll give an example. Like I had a discussion recently with a, a, a wonderful conversation partner, John Ravaki, who is a professor of uh, cognitive science at the University of Toronto. And, and Jordan Hall, who is a, who, who's a businessman and is this high-level businessman and, and working on all these systems thinking and stuff. And we were talking about angels and demons, and it was absolutely normal. There was no cringe. Nobody was afraid. It was just like, this is the, these are the words that were given to us to describe these realities we're realizing are inevitable. And so why not you just use those words? Why are you trying to find new words for things that you're realizing are the same? And the same, I had a discussion with Don Hoffman, who's a cognitive science at U University of California. Um, and the same thing, at some point I was like, I was just kept using the language of, of saints and angels and, and it didn't bother him a bit because he's like, no, you're right. There needs to be a stacked structure of being. There's no way that agency is, the idea that agency stops at human, at human agency, even from a materialist point of view is completely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Why would human beings be the top of agency, in, even in a materialist system? And so it's like, no, there's agency. And that's an incredible thing, because one of the one of the things that we heard a lot from the new atheists is, oh, Christians used to think that the earth was the center of the universe. And it's like, well, not ex that's not really what the, the earth was sort of towards the bottom. And the only thing lower was hell. Um, so, of course, you can read about this and you know, the, the, the classical and medieval cosmology was very different, but instead of sort of having the earth be a, you know, a geocentric universe, which we sort of scoffed at, even though again, Peugeot makes the same point as John Calvin, actually, that the creation account, John Calvin, of course, didn't have the word phenomenology, but that's essentially what John Calvin says about the creation account, that this is from the perspective of a normal, regular human being. That's exactly what John Calvin says about it. Anyway, so they're scoffing at this geocentric universe, but then what all of them do is put human, human agency at the absolute pinnacle of universal agency. And it's like, okay, so, so you're going to scoff about geology, but then you're going to put us up at the top of agency and say there's nothing above us? It's, and that's just it's just silly. And so, you know, this is a very nested video all the way back to Chad's video. So as we see this this transformation and as in this corner we are sort of hopping around looking for tools and it's not just it's not just technical tools and internet tools, it's also relational tools. And you know, of course Jonathan Peugeot and I our, if you had to boil our admonition down, it's go to church. And because church is the place that you can, you know, church is actually the right place to be working on these things. That's why I and Hershey Ali is going to church because it's the reasonable place to do it. But as a pastor, especially as a Protestant pastor, okay, well, how, how shall the church minister to these people? And, and that's the whole reason I got into this thing back when I saw Jordan Peterson taking off and thinking, I, I don't I don't know what else needs to happen, but I do know that something else needs to happen. And so I'm going to jump in. And once I get in, I'll try and figure it out. And so six years later, I'm still trying to figure it out. And, you know, estuary, of course, is a part of this, but I'm not about to say estuary is you know, a panacea. No, estuary is one tool that we can use. But part of what Chad is talking about is that Chad goes to church now. I, of course, go to church. Grizz had a very interesting, um, had a very interesting piece on his channel about his trip to church. 
which I won't play because Freddie just called and he needs a ride. So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get the strangest life. Um, these conversations started to get really, really good. I'm all over the place, and so the you know us the the the, the fruitful, lush, robust positive meaningful conversation you could tell was floating around from kind of channel to channel it's like this whirlwind of fascinating um stimulating conversation uh and then and then they started the randos united live channel and that started happening a lot more and to the point where i think it it almost became um oversaturation and so it became less interesting for a little while and then Luke started doing these morning live streams <coughs> and where he can get out some of his thoughts and try and work on some of his his ideas what, what he's thinking about and 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 then he would invite people in and these conversations have been going on maybe a month or more now but they've been really great Well, yesterday we were getting in this conversation uh, about, um, I can't remember the title, but I, I brought up a couple stories. You can go and watch it. Maybe I'll put the link in there. Paul covered it this morning. And I brought up a couple stories um, about how things might have changed in, in modernity. And I, I guess you can hear... And again, part of what's so beautiful about this for me is a lot of the world would look at Chad and say, he's a tile guy. He does tile. Why is he going to think about modernity? No, tile guys think about modernity. They do. They've, they, you know, they're... I mean, I'd have Chad retile my bathroom if he lived near me, absolutely. But... He's got a lot of thoughts and he's, you know, and, and to me, part of what, part of what we're seeing is the unveiling of, I'm going to say Renaissance men, but that's, I don't want to locate that in the Renaissance, this, this breaking out and, and then the connecting, it's, it's just beautiful. And, and the new life that's forming in people and that. And when I'm saying it sounds like I'm bashing modernity or I'm saying that it is bad or that we should go back. Now, John Bravaki has this phrase. He says, neither, he says, on my headstone, I wanted to say neither nostalgia nor utopia. And I can see why that is a good phrase. However, I think it's neither nostalgia nor, nor utopia and also this phrase. Because I think nostalgia and utopia do have their place in proper order. So in other words, the place for nostalgia and utopia are very much in the same location, which is in memory. And I think that is the proper place for utopia because utopia means no place. And, and of course, I mean, what's beautiful about this is just to fill in the gap here is that of course, Chad is saying, Remember, it's the member berries from South Park. Remember how it was in Bridges of Meaning? Remember how it was when Jacob first started the Just Chatting? Remember how it was? Remember how it was? But it keeps moving. And so the I've talked about Clay Rutledge before, nostalgia, how nostalgia is sort of mining the past for meaning. And it's a very powerful and important function. And and Chad is basically saying, you know, this is this is what I'm doing. And on one hand, I'm not stuck. I'm not saying anybody who's doing Bridges of Meaning Discord is stuck by any means because because that has continued to evolve too. I mean, all of this continues to evolve. But you, you follow and you work and you change and you move. And so it's those are like the best memories I have, right? And they're, they're great. And nostalgia is like a longing for... Sorry, my hand is going numb. Nostalgia is like a longing for these things. And um, so I think that's the proper place for it. Um, 
what I was hopefully trying to get at in my in my talking about how things have changed is something I'm constantly trying to talk about is <clears throat> let's try to pay attention to the unintended consequences of progress and what I mean by that is it things get very good very very good it is very easy to miss um, how things are slipping in other areas and so I think the there is no solution to that problem other than momentary gratitude and gratitude is an action I think it's it's care it's 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 practicing care for the things that you love and um and practicing care for the unintended con you know paying attention to the unintended consequences um trying not to make things worse um and when things get real bad is when they're subtle and um and it's when we're not paying attention i i do agree with a lot of what Jacob was saying, um, but it was a different conversation, I think. Um, yeah, J Jacob came in the channel and was talking about the fact that he, as a child, fled Iran during the Iran-Iraq War, fled Iran. His family were Jewish. Things weren't, you know, very good in Iran if you weren't. So that's some of the debate that they had. I covered that a bit in the video that I released today. That would be yesterday for those of you watching this on Friday morning. My hand, oh, my hand is falling asleep. I should probably quit smoking, huh? So, so that's what I wanted to say. I don't know. Um, how do we continue to move forward and pay attention to the How do we practice gratitude? Um, I, and I'd say, how do we move forward to where the Spirit leads? Hopefully the Holy Spirit. How do we follow that Lamb wherever He goes? How do we do dialogos? How do we continue the conversation? Six years we've been at this, and we've been, we did a little over here, and we did a little over there, but there's still an us in here, and... We're, we're into churches, and, and some are trying churches. Some are still sort of frustrating, sort of on the outs of churches, haven't really been able to settle, and bit by bit by bit. And uh, so that's, that's what's on my mind. And I don't have much more to say, but if you all have any topics you'd like me to get on about or talk about, um, uh, let me know. And, you know, and remember, he's only got 467 subscribers, so it's a lot easier to get in touch with Chad than it is with me. It's a lot easier to get at, well, this is what he's doing. Like, this whole, this whole corner of the internet thing, it's, it's just an open, it's an open bar. <coughs> so, <clears throat> come in and play. <clears throat> if you're a lurker, come and spend time. I mean, this is why I wanted to start doing randos conversations. You know, if you haven't heard, had your story told, get a hold of me and we can... I'll just sit there and listen while you tell your story. And imitation is the greater part of, you know, is, is really flattery. And it was interesting when we started with the Bridges of Meaning Discord, Job was doing Randall's conversations in voice chat. And I obviously can't get everybody on or through my channel. And so, again, this is, and Chad did one with me. I posted it on my channel. Chad asked great questions that nobody else asked. This, again, is the beauty of... This is the beauty of randos. This is the beauty of small things. And and sometimes it takes time. And you know that if you're listening to, and, and some of you, well, some of your randos conversations are behind the, yeah, but I've got about 400 of them on the regular channel. They're all in the same playlist. Uh, one guy last year or two years ago went through and watched them all. And I know, I said, every time you watch one, just leave a comment so I can see. Oh, he got to that one. He got to that one. He got to that one. And, and Justin Wells might make a documentary out of some of them because that's, that's where the gold is, because the gold is in the people. And, um, and, and that's, that's one of the beautiful things about how Christ plays in 10,000 places. So, yeah, so there's, it is an open bar.
find a way in. Maybe you can't get to me, but there's there's Friday Morning Nameless, and there's Grim Grizz, and there's Randos United, and there's the Federici Channel, and there's Grail Country, and find a corner of the corner that fits you. And there's Transfigured, and find a corner of the corner that fits you. And um, come out of Lurkerdom, and uh, show your face. So, anyway, it's just what I wanted to say. <laughs>